Thank you so much, Kathy, for singing for us. You know, it's interesting, we were uh, a while ago, by the way, her husband, Mr. Horton's here. Y'all say hello to... Yeah. He, uh, many of you know him, and uh, tell you what's interesting is, uh, we were, that's this probably the sixth or seventh time with us, you've been here several times, and, and uh, she, uh, she said, hey, she said uh, earlier, you weren't here, we were just, you know, we were in here practicing, or act like we are going to practice, but she says, are you, uh, do you know, are you kin to Leah Cox? And, uh, which is weird, because you know, Ryan Miller, you know, and, and of all things, Bo, my son-in-law Bo, and her son go way back. They were next backdoor neighbors for years and years. So they know Bo super well and know Leah super well. And we just now realize that, you know, that's, yeah, the Leah's my daughter. That's right. Everything good about her is me. I'm going to tell you something. That's awesome. Isn't that good? Well, if you have your Bibles this morning, um, if you don't mind, I'm going to come down to the floor. Robbie, would you give me one of the black podiums for me? Uh, I'm going to come down to the floor. Uh, just, I like to do that when I, not that the crowd's terrible. Just when the crowd's small, I, I just like to come down and be a little bit more personal. So you're in John chapter 18. You want to be in John chapter 18. I could have done that myself. It's not like I'm helpless, but it makes me feel important when somebody gets my podium for me. Okay. By the way, I was going to... Does it? Well, thank you. That's great. Um, that works out well, doesn't it? Um, the um, John 18, I want to tell our senior adults, uh, thank you so much for um, welcoming Brother Larry Stevens. Um, he had a blast. I don't know how many of you. Uh, he uh, spoke so well of your hospitality. I don't know what the crowd was like. I know some of our folks are sick and some of people couldn't be here, but I I heard several great things he bragged on you folks, and he said y'all treated him like a rock star. <laughs> and I said, well, they treat me like a rock star every Sunday. Okay? So uh, he was really blessed for being here, and if you've ever heard Larry, um, it's undeniable he has a great, great voice. I wished I had that kind of speaking voice. He has very distinct um, So I know Larry and Leslie were a morning show for years, and uh, and up and just till a few years ago, he had some he did some regular radio stuff, but he's he just uh, you know that's not what he does for a living now. He's in advertising, but uh, anyway, he's a great guy, great man, and great neighbor, uh, super neighbor, and we've been neighbors for uh, twenty twenty one twenty two years, and I hadn't made him move off yet. So, uh, but he does kind of bother me. Because uh, Gary Gary does his yard, and Gary does my front yard too. Thank you, Gary. But Larry has a very he he's very peculiar about his yard. You have people like that, so it makes my my yard's terrible to begin with. Not anymore, Gary, because you're doing the front yard. But but I mean, I'm not a yard man, you know, as such. But man, Larry, his is always pristine, so it makes my yard look even worse, right? You know what I'm talking about. Y'all got some of you are like that, but but I'm not like that. Okay, so I cut it twice a year, whether it needs it or not. Right, John chapter John chapter 18. I mentioned uh, last week. We you know last week we had talked about Simon of Serene, and boy, I've just been thinking a lot about him. I thought about him as I studied getting ready for last Sunday, and thinking about him post message, thinking about um, the significance of 
the witness of Simon of Serene, knowing that he ended up being a leader of the New Testament church. Historically, his sons were involved uh, just to per- because of the impact of the cross. And, uh, and you can make the application real quickly. You think he bore the cross for Christ. He's the only one that ever do that. Incredible thing for all Christianity, of all New Testament believers, only one other person in the world bore the cross of Christ other than Jesus, and it was Simon of Serene. And highly likely is he, he not only bore the cross, but he carried some of the blood on him. The blood of the Redeemer. And, but even though you and I weren't present, there was a day and time the blood was applied to you, and it covered you. Amen? Think about that. And that blood's still alive and it still cleanses. Well, we're going to meet somebody totally different today than Simon of Serene. I don't have 12 points or 4 points in a poem. We're just going to walk, walk through the narrative today and discover several things about the encounter that, that Jesus had with Pilate. But we have to set it up. So I want to be in John chapter 18. And I'm going to skip around, but I want to start at verse 12. And uh, John chapter... 18, and I'll begin at verse 12. You know, and and I'm going to say just a little bit, and I'm sure she's watching and she'll get on me, but, you know, Diane's very susceptible now. Her her immune system's been low, and everywhere we go she catches a bug or something, and she gets sick very easily. And and I was thinking about that. Uh, You you have to go to the doctor, and and you catch something at the doctor that makes you sick, even though you're sick, you have to go to the doctor and something else for her because of her immune system. And I was thinking about that and I was thinking about what sin, you know. Our our spiritual immune system is always at a stage to where we can get infected in a hurry with sin. Do you understand what I'm saying? Every conceivable part of your life can become a wreck in just a few hours because of stupid, disobedient, ornery, unbiblical things you say or do, it it can just come caving in. This sin sickness is always present and always willing to destroy your life. And if it wasn't for the atoning sacrifice of Christ, think about that. Every sin, I think about the song, every sin on Him was late. Think about every, every judgment, every punishment that you deserved, Christ bore. And this is a holy God bearing that guilt, bearing that punishment. When we're reading about all these lies being cast upon these fake accusations, this is God's Son. He's the truth. He has no sin. Nobody ever mentions anything about anything He's done wrong, but yet they're going to execute Him as if He was a criminal. But He didn't die for Himself, the Bible says. He didn't die for Himself. The Bible says He gave Himself up to be a Savior. And we've been being very evangelistic, so I have to ask you, have you been saved by the Savior? Have you been saved by the Savior? It is impossible. You know, it's like saying that people that believe in evolution, I'm already chasing a rabbit, sorry. But you think people that believe in evolution, they'll think there's no signs of creation. And those of you and I know, I mean, whether you're talking about the eye, the seeing eye, the, the seeing eye doesn't evolve. 
it either sees or it doesn't see. And if it evolved, there would, you know, you would have millions and millions and millions of corpses where the eye wasn't fully developed and they were blind as a bat. So the, we know that, that God created. We, we know that. You can toss seeds in the ground and know that by God's grace, that seed's going to germinate and something pops out. You didn't do it. The ground did it. I don't know how the ground does that, but it's because God made it. Well, God, God made us. Not only created us as a descendant of Adam, but He said He made you new in the new birth. We are, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, anybody, everybody, this Greek, is, it's all-inclusive. Anybody who's in Christ, that's what it says, anybody, everybody that's saved is a new creation. So it'd be like denying that God, you're denying, so have to ask us, if God has saved you through Christ, are you new? Have you been made new? Have you a new creation? Well, obviously, Pilate's going to have a problem with the truth of Christ. And I think the message today, I think I titled what I say, the judge is judged, because he thinks he's... Really, you'll say, if you look at your Bibles, it'll say Jesus before Pilate, right? And when you get to the narrative, maybe over here at verse 28 or 25, where it changes it, It'll say Jesus before Pilate, but in actuality, right, it's Pilate before Jesus, right? Really. Who's the king? Who, who's, the ju- who's the real judge? He is. So it's really Pilate standing before Christ, even though they're at the praetorium, at, at the judgment hall for the Roman Empire that was located there in the city of Jerusalem. But anyway... Verse 12 says, I just want you to go back and read some, some, some prophecy. By the way, think about David being led of God to write Psalm 22. Think of how many hundreds of years before Christ that David wrote that. And it pictures a crucifixion. This is a Hebrew writing about some of the things that happened to the body at crucifixion. Uh, about the body filling every bone in your body. That, they, say, I mean, they say that's what, one of the things that happens when you're suspended on the cross like that. Just all these things, they pierced my hand. Jews didn't crucify, they've never crucified. Barbarians started that and the Roman Empire picked it up. But think about that. So how, but it's God's Word. That's why I wanted Robbie to read it. Verse 12, this is in Rome, uh, not Romans, uh, John chapter 18. Robbie, you may have got me this uh, man, this thing tightened up somewhere. You got me one that, that descends down too easy and that something. Okay. I'm gonna be sitting in the chair for no, I, I can hold it up. I can hold it up. I'm I'm just giving you a hard time, Robbie. So the so so the, the band of soldiers and their captain and the officers of the Jews arrested Jesus and bound him. First we won't have enough time to cover all this. It's really interesting. First, and you know, Jesus had, there's really six, six judgments. There's six legal gatherings. Three from the Jews, three from the Gentiles, the Romans. John doesn't talk about every one of them. He talks about one of the Jews, and then he's going to talk about a couple of the Roman. You know, when he, they shift the blame, Pilate sends him over here, he comes, okay. So, Annas sends them to Caiaphas, Caiaphas, you know, so that kind of thing. So the band of soldiers and their captain and officers of the Jews arrested Jesus and bound him. 
First they led him to Annas, for he was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, who was high priest. Now just to let you know, they're, they're both going to be called high priest. Annas was obviously the father-in-law of Caiaphas. Annas was high priest before Caiaphas. Now this is the Jews. This is the religious, this is the highest ranking religious leader of Jews. The high priest, okay? He was the representative of the Jews to God through the temple process, okay? Besides all the other priesthood, he was the ultimate, okay? So he's, so Annas was the high priest, and so he just ha- carries that name. Once you serve, you're like a president, the former president, right? Or as many of us believe the real president should be, you know. We won't get into that, but so, so we say, uh, so they would call him the high priest no matter how long he hadn't been serving. So Annas, and then you have his, his son-in-law, um, Caiaphas. So they're both considered high priests, but Caiaphas was the serving high priest when all this went on. But they take him to Annas first. So first they, they led him to Annas, for he was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, who was high priest that year. It was Caiaphas who had advised the Jews that it would be expedient that one man should die for the people. Caiaphas, in a circumstance, go back to chapter 11. Just real quick, go back to chapter 11 and um, look at this. And this is where he says this. Um, Look at verse um, um, John 11. Pick it up at verse... Because um, this is the events after the death and resurrection of Lazarus. Verse 45. I brought a small print Bible, so it's going to take... Many of the Jews, therefore, who had come with Mary and had seen what Jesus did, believed in Jesus. But some of them went to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. So the chief priests... Notice that chief priests, plural, there's more than one. And you see why. And the Pharisees gathered the council. That'd be the Sanhedrin. That was like the Supreme Court. The the Sanhedrin was 70 members, but technically it was 71 because the high priest made them the one, 71. So that was the the highest court of the land. Uh, The council, anytime you see the council. So he gathered the council and said, What are we to do? For this man performs many signs. If we let him go on like this, everyone will believe in him. And the Romans will come and take away both our place and our nation. But one of them, Caiaphas, who was high priest that year, said to them, You know nothing at all, nor do you understand that it is better for you that one man should die for the people, and not that the whole nation should perish." So Caiaphas, he doesn't know what he's talking about. He's just saying, you know, he doesn't realize that Jesus is the Messiah at that point. He just makes this flat out statement, well, it'd be better for one man to be executed by the Romans or by us than for the whole nation to suffer. He didn't know how prophetic he was. Back to John chapter 18. I'm not going to read the whole narrative, but look at verse, this is the events of Simon, of Peter, of Peter. Look at verse 15, it says, And Simon Peter followed Jesus, and, and so did another disciple. Now guess what? If he's not mentioned, and he's a disciple, guess who he is? John. 
It's John as in, not John the Baptist, he's dead. This is John as in who wrote the, apostle, wrote the book, the Gospel of John. So Simon, and we, we're not going to read the whole narrative here. This is where Peter is going to track Peter's denial, the three denials. Simon Peter followed Jesus and so did another disciple. Since that disciple, John, was known to the high priest, he entered with Jesus into the courtyard of the high priest. So that's why John knows things. He, he heard intimate conversations because he was there. Peter was the next one closest. The rest of them are hiding. Peter's fairly close within an earshot of Jesus. Eye shot too. John's closer. Okay, so it just tells you the scene there. Verse 19. The high priest then questioned Jesus about the disciples and his teaching. And look what Jesus says. And Jesus answered him. So the first thing that they're going to ask him, what are you teaching? You know what? What's this message? Look what he says. I have spoken. By the way, Somebody should be able to ask you, if you're here today and you're saved, somebody ought to be able to ask you, what is the teachings of Jesus? What's the teachings of Jesus on the local church? Can, can you be a Christian? Can, no, let me say Can you be a faithful believer in Christ and not be a member of a local church? It's impossible, right? So, wonder if they ask you, what does Jesus teach about salvation? What, what does He teach about redemption? What does He teach about sanctification? Well, you're a disciple. Wonder if somebody asks you, what does your master teach? What does your master teach about family? What does your master teach about parenting? What is your, you should be able to answer that. Well, they, so Jesus answered him, I have spoken openly to the world. I've always taught in the synagogue and in the temple where all Jews come together. I have said nothing in secret. Why do you ask me? Ask those who heard me what I said to them, they know what I said. So whether disciples or those that had one time heard him in public, Jesus says they, and I'm asking you, do you know what he said? We have it written down now, what Jesus said. I'm dropping down to verse uh, 25. Now Simon Peter was standing and was warming himself, so they said to him, and again, it's, if it's warming himself, is it summertime or fall or winter? Okay. So this is, it's not the heat of the day. It's not, it's not summertime. Okay. Tells you what kind of time it could have been. The, it wasn't hot summer weather. It could have been early spring. Okay. So, because it's, it's Passover, so you know it's the spring. Now, Simon, early spring. So Simon Peter was standing and warming himself, so they said to him, You also are not one of his disciples, are you? And he denied it, and he said, I am not. Uh, and one of the servants, the high, look what he says, one of the servants of the high priest, uh, this is why I want to read it, a relative, uh, this is the only place this appears, by the way. That tells you that John watched it happen, okay? And he knew who she was because he was there when Peter did what he did, okay? Look what happens. One of the servants of the high priest, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off. Yeah, I bet they remembered that. Ask. So the, the relatives asking, Did I not see you in the garden with him? And Peter again denied it. And then that was the third time he denied him. So that's when the rooster crowed. 
Then they led Jesus. Now this is, this is kind of the narrative of taking him, to, taking him to, to Pilate. Then they led Jesus from the house of Caiaphas to the governor's headquarters. Now the headquarters, uh, some translations say the praetorium comes from the Latin word. It just means judgment hall. Okay, This is where judicially the, the governor would meet to decide things. So, or, and sometimes he would delegate those judgments, but so Pilate's going to be there. And notice it's early morning. Let me just say this, and we may return to it at some point. Jesus has already, if you study Matthew and Luke, you find out that, that the high priest and the council condemn Jesus to death. He's deserving of death. Now, John doesn't record that. He just records one encounter. There's three of them. Different ones. Caiaphas, Annas, Caiaphas, no. Annas, Caiaphas, and then Caiaphas with the Sanhedrin. There's three of them. And they say he's deserving of death. They sentenced him to death. They violated the, the Mosaic Law. Because you can't render a judgment, a judicial judgment, at nighttime for, for a death sentence. So there they are, the leading council of the Jews, the high priest, and they break the law, the Mosaic law. They break God's law by condemning Him to death without a witness, without a defense, and at night. But now it's daytime, and according to the Roman, when there was going to be, uh, the judge was going to be at the praetorium, it started early in the morning at daybreak. So now, so now think, now let's say you're 6 o'clock, that's about what time it was. Maybe a little bit before 6 in the morning. So Jesus has been through this turmoil all night long. He's been up all night. And being sent from one place to the other, mistreated, sped at, made fun of, all those things. So, so they led Jesus from the house of Caiaphas to the governor's headquarters. It was early morning. They themselves, here, here, they think about the religious hypocrisy. And folks, we're hypocrites too. I'm going to give you an example and we'll move on. But says, they themselves did not enter the governor's headquarters so that they would not be defiled, but could eat the Passover. Now, I'm not going to get into all the details, but there was suspicion that many Roman dwelling places were unclean. Okay, Gentiles, Rome, anyway, Europeans that if a Jew went into that house, that that house was possibly unclean. Now, to be honest with you, the Romans did some crazy things inside their house, one of which was they were often crazy enough to bury bodies of babies they aborted. That's historically true. So a Jew would not go into a house because they... Now, this is what they're worried about. Now, I want you to see the hypocrisy. They want to keep the Passover. But they've already violated tons of Mosaic laws. They've lied. They've paid people to witness to say bad things. They, they're, just, they're just deceit, but they, they're religious. They want to be able to go and celebrate the Passover. And, and remember, God saving their nation by His grace from Egypt caption, Egyptian captivity and blessing them. And bringing them out of captivity and then bringing them... They wanted to celebrate that. But yet they had lied. They had, they had committed you know, acts of disobedience, but they want to keep... That's how sometimes 
religion. Now listen to me. And we're all religious. But, but we also have a relationship with Christ. Those of us that are saved. A, a religion without a relationship with Christ can do this kind of stuff. But even now in my personal life, you can, you'll find yourself, I do this, I'm not going to confess all my sins, but I do this and you do this. You will do things that you know are disobedient, but at the same time you'll kill yourself to do something that you know is the right thing to do. All in the same hour or two. This is what we do. I, I can, I, I'll never forget counseling a couple that were getting a divorce. Many of you know who they are. I won't bring their name up this years ago. Not in our church, but we were friends of them. And I'm arguing with the guy that left his wife for another woman. Everybody knows it. Okay, So I'm confronting him, and this is what he's telling me. He says, I want to keep this is what he's telling. This is this is in a lawyer's house, in house. I mean, in office. So he's he's a adulterer. He's he's been an, a serial adulterer. I tell him that to his face today. I did tell him that publicly. So I'm in this room with him, and I know him. I've called him a liar, all that. He says, "I want to keep her money that she would tithe, and I want to tithe it." I'm not kidding. He wanted, instead of giving her, so let's say she was going to give her $5,000 a month for alimony. He wanted to keep $500 a month because he wanted to be able to tithe that money to his church. And here he is, a serial adulterer. Folks, that's religion. That's not a religion. You with me? It was insane to me. And I kept saying, what does it matter? But boy, he wanted to make sure he gave the money. But he didn't care that he had violated New Testament scriptures about moral integrity. That's crazy. But see, we're all crazy like that. The devil can play those games. And he played, he played it on these guys too. I mean, they, they were worried about the Passover. Um, so what verse was I at? Um, just check and see if you're keeping up. Thank you. Okay. Follow along with me. It says so. Um, so they didn't go in. So so. So Pilate, so it's interesting though, so Pilate, they wouldn't come in, so Pilate went out, uh, outside to them and said, what accusation do you bring against this man? That's a good start. It's legally, it's what you, what, what's the accusation? They answered him, now, rather than giving him reasons why he's standing before the, large, the, the Roman court, the governor. Now he's not the emperor. And there's regional guys that are above Pilate, obviously. Uh, there's Caesar, you know, and the emperor and all that. But he runs the show in, in this Judea. So they say to him, look what they say. And you think about, I, I don't get off on it again, but politi- people that are trying to get by with something, this is what they said. If this man were not an evildoer, or if this man was not doing evil, we would not have delivered him. So all the, what are they telling Pilate? We don't have to give you any details. Just trust us. That's all they're saying. They don't have anything. So they say, if he wasn't evil, if he had not violated our laws, we wouldn't have brought... They lied again. So we wouldn't have brought, uh, So if this man were not doing evil, we would not have delivered him over to you. Pilate said to them, take him yourselves. This is an interesting statement. I'm going to tell you this now. 
Take him yourselves and judge him by your own law. Now, now, now think. I'm going to tell you now, we're going to run out of time. So I have to come back to Pilate. But how did the Jews execute somebody normally? Stone. Okay. And you remember, we know that Stephen was stoned. But it, right at the beginning of Christ's ministry, they tried to throw him off a mountain and stone him. I don't know if you remember that. But what was so significant about what Pilate said was that no, this isn't. This isn't in the. This is in. Um, this is an extra biblical material called the Talmud. You don't care about what it's called, but in 30 A.D. Now they would stone people, right? They could stone people. They had that right, and Rome would allow them to do that. But and that's what Pilate says. But it didn't mean what we think it meant, because. Around 30 A.D., about the time Jesus started His public ministry, the Talmud, which was a Jewish legal book, a commentary and legal book, said that in 30 A.D., Rome took that away from the Israelites. They couldn't stone without permission. So what does Pilate give them permission to do? Stone. So see, he, he could have just been washing it, but he did. He, he not only washed his hand, or tried to wash his hands of it, he gave them some authority back and said, hey, you don't worry about me now. You do whatever your law says to do. Now keep reading because it's very significant. Could they do that? No, because they wanted Rome to be responsible. They, they did not want to be held accountable, which they are, for the, cruci- for the death of Christ. And of course we know, could Jesus have been stoned to death and Him still be the Messiah? No, because He said, unless the man be lifted up, unless the Son of Man. Jesus said that. If it didn't come true, he's a liar and he wasn't a savior. He said, when I am lifted up. Isn't that what he said? When you got stoned, you got thrown down. You didn't get lifted up. Jesus said, when I'm lifted up, I'll draw the world to myself. Well, it's going to happen that way because this is God's eternal plan. He's going to be crucified, not stoned. So they couldn't do it. They didn't want to do it because they wanted Rome to do it, but it couldn't have happened anyway. Let's move on. It's not lawful for us to put anyone to death. This was to fill the word that Jesus had spoken to show by what kind of death he should die. And if you just want to see that, look at chapter 12. Um, I think it's, look at, you write John 12. Look, take your Bibles. John 12, look at verse, um, John 12. I'm sorry, I, I can't see my text here. John 12. Look at verse 30. John 12, 30. Uh, Jesus answered, This voice has come for your sake, not mine. Now is the judgment of this world. Now will the ruler of this world be cast out. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. Jesus said it. It's going to happen. Folks, you know, one of the things we talk about theology in the Bible, the Bible dictates history. You can go back and read some of those Old Testament prophecies. When a prophet would say, this is going to happen, you can mark it down. It's going to happen. When Jesus says, this is going to happen, it's going to happen. By the way, Jesus said He's coming back. 
Is He coming back? That's right, He's coming back. He's coming back physically, visually. He comes back the first part, we meet Him in the air. The second part, He comes to this earth. If, it do, if it's not true, Jesus didn't tell the truth. And if He didn't tell the truth, He's not the Savior because the Savior had to be sinless. Everything He said is true. So Pilate entered the headquarters again. So he hears all this toddy rot from the, from the Jews. Uh, so he goes, enters the headquarters again, and he calls Jesus and said to Him, Are you the King of the Jews? Jesus answered, uh, do you say this? What, what he's asking is, is this something that you're asking me? Of course, Jesus already knows the answer, but is this a political thing you're asking as a Roman? Or is this something you're just saying is what they said is true? Okay, that's what, see, so he says, do you say this of your own accord? Are you saying this as the governor, a Roman governor? Are you asking from the Roman perspective? Or, he says, or others say it uh, about me. Are you just quote asking me. And he says, Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom. Tell me the emphasis of verse 36. My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the, Jew, to the Jews. But my kingdom is not from the world. What's the emphasis? His kingdom. Can I ask you something? Is this kingdom of this world or another world? How do we live? How do we live? Think about the kingdom. Jesus said three times, my kingdom is not of this world. And He goes on to say, if, if it was about an earthly kingdom right now, folks, we all love our little kingdoms, don't we? And we want to make this our... Listen, you don't belong here. You, don't, you should not be building a kingdom in alien territory. But that's what we get caught up doing. But Jesus says, we'll finish with it. My kingdom is not of this world. If it were, if it was about now, what Peter did in the garden would have been nothing compared to what they'd be doing now. He wouldn't have been the only one with a knife and a scabbard on the side of his belt. They'd all be fighting. So I would not be delivered. They'd be fighting. If my kingdom was of this world. Now let me ask you a question. We'll finish with this. What are you fighting for? Now think about that. What are you fighting for? Are you fighting for your place in this world? Are you fighting for reputation, for wealth? What are you fighting for? Or are you fighting for the truth of the kingdom of Christ? Uh, I wished I could learn and obey this when Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my people would be worried about here and now. Folks, sometimes we get so consumed with the here and now and forget that His kingdom's not about now. Jesus' kingdom is not a physical kingdom. It will be one day, but right now it's a spiritual kingdom. And 
So it has nothing to do with this world. And the kingdom that He's going to bring in, we can't enjoy until these bodies are done away with and we get a new one. So let me remind you, Jesus ends this part of the conversation with Pilate by saying, my kingdom is not of this world. This, I can't stop there. I got, I'm three minutes over. So look at verse 37. So let's make it a five. Let's go to five, okay? Five after. Five minutes late. Then Pilate said to him, So you are a king. Jesus answered. Look, look, look again. Folks, it's profound what Jesus says. You say that I am a king. For this purpose, I was born. Folks, that's the doctrine of His humanity. I was born. The writer of Hebrews talks a lot about Him and the Father discussing Him coming. We know that this was the plan of God in eternity past. We know they made the plan before the world was ever created that Christ would come into the world. So he talks about, I was born. That is His humanity. And for this purpose, I have come. I was born. That's His humanity, right? I have come. That's pre-existent, right? I have come. That's pre-existent. That's His deity. So He's telling Pilate, yes, I'm here, but yes, I'm God. For this purpose I was born, humanity. This purpose I have come into the world, deity, to bear witness to the truth. That's reality. Folks, you want to be set free? Jesus said it earlier. You want to be set free? You want to know the truth. And who is that truth? That's right. Let's pray. Father, we love You and thank You for Your grace and mercy. Thank You for the gathering of the church today. Lord, above all, thank You for Christ. And Lord, there's some in this room that's never been saved. I pray for them. I, I pray as they go home and and the Word of God will just torment them. The Spirit of God will haunt them about the reality of knowing Christ as Lord and Savior. Father, thank You that the victory is ours because though Christ is soon to be crucified according to this text and put in a grave, that grave is empty. And He's alive. And He lives in me. And lives in Your people. Thank You, Lord for the privilege of serving Christ. In His matchless name we pray. Amen.